Welcome to Passion and Purpose with Pamela, celebrating all things woman. I'm Dr. Pamela Hardy Shepherd here to ignite inspiration through conversations that spotlight women's power and their journeys. Let's share our light, our stories, and create a space of celebration for every woman. Here's to embracing our womanhood together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Passion and Purpose with Pamela. We are so glad that you are here, and I am here today with a special guest. Her name is Betsy Van Osdine. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming this accomplished individual, varied and impressive career. Betsy's professional journey is both extensive and diverse. A proud veteran, she has served in the Air National Guard while pursuing her BS degree. As an aerospace warning systems operator, she was crucial in tracking aircraft plans and ensuring our skies are safe. And Betsy, thank you so much for your service. Thank you. In a, in a testament to her long life learning, Betsy pivoted her career at 45. Driven by a passion for education and inspired by her family's lineage of educators, she pursued a master's degree in special education, cross-categorical with endorsements in reading and ESL from the University of Phoenix. This decision was influenced by her invaluable experience as a paraeducator and later as a special education teacher serving students with severe behavioral challenges. For the past 13 years, Betsy has been molding the minds of future educators at Ashford University, now known as the University of Arizona Global Campus, as an associate professor in early childhood and special education. Beyond education, Betsy's compassion and commitment to community shine through her current role as the associate director of Churches United of the Quad Cities area. She oversees an extensive network comprising of 20 food pantries, a hot meal site, and over 400 dedicated volunteers from 138 member churches serving those in need in Illinois and Iowa. On a personal note, Betsy is celebrating 30 years of marital bliss and is a proud mother of two brilliant children. Her daughter, Casey, a University of Northern Iowa graduate, is an art educator shaping young minds in Evansdale, Iowa. Um, meanwhile, her son, excuse me, Alex, an alumnus of Iowa State University, is making strides as a mechanical engineer in Pensacola, Florida. Betsy's family have called the Quad Cities home for over two decades. Betsy a beacon of dedication, service, and perseverance. Let's warmly, warmly welcome Betsy Ben Osdile. Hey, Betsy, how's it going? It's going great, Pamela. Pamela, and thank you very much for having me on. It I'm is so it's certainly my pleasure, Betsy. We had the opportunity to meet at, at Ashford University, also known now as University Global Campus. And so tell me, tell us, tell the audience a little bit um, more about yourself and then how we met. Okay. Um, I, well, as Pamela has 
wrapped it up in a nutshell. I mean, that's basically my life. I live and breathe Churches United, and I absolutely love it. I have always been a volunteer for pretty much church, you name it. You know, if there's a need and they need a body to fill in, I would jump in because that's all I knew was how to volunteer. And even when I'm working, you know, two full-time jobs or whatever, um, because volunteering was instilled in me by my, both of my parents. My mom was a huge volunteer. She was my Girl Scout leader. She helped at, you know, an ambulance corps. She got me involved in that. And, you know, so that's just all I know. But anyway, um, so I love volunteering. I love helping people. And yes, don't get me wrong. I've gotten in trouble by overhelping. If that's <laughs> those of you who know, know. <laughs> but anyway, even at Ashford University, when it was called that, I headed up the um, Ashford Heroes at um, Ashford University. And it was a wonderful organization that we started up there. And we rallied all of them, pretty much probably 80% of the employees up there helping those in need up in Clinton, Iowa. And it even reached out as far as the Quad Cities. It even reached out to San Diego where our parent company was. And that's where I met the beautiful Pamela Hardy because um, veterans had a were coming on board to the online campus and they needed a voice. And so that sparked my interest. And at the time, Dr. Patnod, who was the president of the university, he's like, oh, we have somebody in Iowa who has the same interest. And so he hooked me up with Dr. Hardy and I'm so glad he did because we organized uh, an event which occurred in San Diego, and I, the name eludes me. Help me out. I can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, it, it was an event for veterans, and we had like the dentist there. We had clothing there. We had food there. We had showers there. We had um, a doctor. They all volunteered their time to help out the veterans, and that sparked me, and it's like I tried, we tried to get that to happen in Clinton and they weren't ready for it until two years later, but I enjoyed helping with the event that happened in San Diego. And I, it just touched my heart because it's like, oh my gosh, this is just so cool. And they were so appreciative and they need the help and veterans often get overlooked and they're like, oh, they got big bucks. They got, you know, assistance from the VA. No, they don't because they're the first ones that get cut. And that's not fair because we all, those of us who have been in the military, Dr. Hardy knows as well. We all sign that blank paycheck and we go in and defend and defend. And even if after we've retired or we've trans transitioned out of the military, we're still obligated to that blank check that we signed and it doesn't matter where you are and you know because it's always in your heart and that's what they taught you and so it just aligns with everything that I've done wow. so but yeah and I am so grateful for the opportunity to have met you and I've even traveled out from Iowa to San Diego for I don't know how many graduations twice a year on their own and, time by the way she would pay her own way so yes. I want to mention that. <laughs> yes, because I was an associate, or back then they weren't. We weren't called associates, but 
just an on, I was just an online instructor. And so I wasn't a full professor or, you know, anything like that. But it's like, to me, it was important because I'm teaching these students and some of the names that would walk across the stage, I'm like, I, I was their biggest cheerleader. And I'm like, yes. And I'd go find them and everything and give them a hug. And they're like, oh, you're Miss Betsy. And it's like, and it was just, it's heartwarming to see, to put a name with the face. And it's just truly my way in my heart. It was my way of giving back. And to the hard work that the students did. And I got to attend the veterans events out there, you know, honoring the veterans. And, you know, Dr. Hardy and I, we, I think we were instrumental in this change in the graduation ceremony. Uh, and I think so. Dr. And Dr. Patnod started it. And he had all, he'll, announce each one of the students and this tradition is still going on whoever was in the navy please stand up and we all clap for the students because many of these students are veterans and they're on the ships and everything defending our country and attending these classes and so he went through all of the military groups and everything and then he turned to us the faculty and said will the faculty who are also veterans please stand up and all the students everybody was seated down and when there was so many of us faculty who were there and it just, I'm getting chills now. We would stand up and they're like, oh, and it realization hit that we're just like them. Mm -hmm. And that was when I knew that I was in the right place. And so I continued on that path of education and helping veterans and volunteering and doing all I can to help people because it does mean a lot to me. And I just, I give my whole heart to it, <laughs> but yeah. So Dr. Oh, Hardy and I, does. That was, I, that I just was want our... to put something in here. Whatever Betsy does, she puts, she is committed. She's all in, she's all in. She doesn't do anything halfway. Betsy commits fully. It doesn't matter what she's doing. And I'm going to give you an example. The, uh, the first example I can give you was grant writing class. Uh, Betsy uh, was totally committed and the class would go six weeks. Betsy would follow everything, watch every video, do every exercise. And in her fourth week, Betsy was awarded $10,000. Now it's hard enough to get other students to do what they need to do, but not Betsy. I don't care what she does. She will do it fully committed. And that's what we have to do. We can't say this is what we want. And then we're not willing to go and do what it takes to get it. So I commend you. That is who you are. You are passionate and you're always committed to doing exactly what you say you want. And then we can take a note out of her playbook. So yeah, <laughs> tell us some more, Betsy. Oh, well, I've learned... I guess I'd like to say I've gotten smarter over the years and I used when I was young and foolish or young and not very well seasoned um I always thought oh I want to be a manager I want to be the leader I want to be this well you know what that is a good goal to reach for and I've had to learn the hard way you can't just become a manager if you don't have the skill set 
And what one thing I do teach my um, future teachers in my classroom is, you know, I'll use teaching because that's a, such a good example. Teaching, nobody should go into the field of teaching or education of any way, shape or form if your heart is not into it. Because teaching, as we all know, is probably one of the lowest paid fields there is. I mean, I, I'm experiencing it with my daughter now, but she is doing phenomenal and she's a good leader. But, you know, you're going to be putting time in. And I tell my students this, they're like, oh, I'm only going to work nine to five. I'm not putting in evening hours, weekend hours, holiday hours. I'm like, okay, guys, here's the reality. Until you get all of your lesson plans organized for the year or whatever, you're going to be putting in time on the weekends, the holidays, and everything else. So the one skill you need to learn is time management, mm -hmm. and that is key. But again, don't go into education unless you really, truly have the heart of an educator. And I said that to this recent class that I'm teaching, and they're like, Miss Betsy, you are so right. There's teachers that are just here nine to five and they leave, but their students are struggling. Okay, teaching, you need to help the students learn. Well, it's just like in life, I've learned being in this role as associate director. You know, yes, I'm considered management and yes, I've achieved my goal, so to speak. But as a leader, it doesn't mean anything unless I have my hand out and I'm reaching out to you to lift you up and then lift you up and catapult you above me. That's what a leader does. And I've had to learn that. And, you know, it's okay if I'm still down at this level because I'm catapulting people up on either side of me, up above me. And, you know, I love that, Betsy. And, you know, at the meal site, you know, I see many people who are in need and you know they're a great group of people i the churches and i we enjoy serving them and their views have shaped how i have become a leader because what they see through their eyes is you know i'll give i'm sorry this is another story um a gentleman walked in to the meal site and everybody was pre the majority had you know went through the serving line and sat down and they're eating their meal well he has dockers on he has a nice dress shirt mm -hmm. um obviously just came in from work he has a name badge on his belt loop you know we all see this image every day and he came in he says i'm hungry can i get a meal and i said absolutely here's your here's your plate help yourself we're happy to serve you and welcome to zion meal site and he's like thank you and he went and he sat down i told him you could sit wherever he would like he sat down by himself off to the side enjoyed his meal and then he left and i said i hope i see you tomorrow we serve monday through friday and a couple of the people who are you know from the shelter down the street or whatever that came to eat they're like betsy you served him. And I said, yes, I did. I said, the only requirement is you have to be hungry to come into this meal site. That's my only requirement. And even if you're not hungry, you want to come in and get a light dinner. I don't care. I'm part Italian. I'll feed you. That's all I know. So <laughs> anyway, I explained, we don't know if he had to make the decision of giving up 
grocery money for medicine for his wife or his family. Mm -hmm. We don't yes. know his situation until we walk in his shoes. I'm not judge. I'm not going to judge. Only God up above. He knows the situation and he's taking care of it. Obviously, he sent him to the meal site to be fed. So a few years back, my my boss, the executive director here, he told me we are all one paycheck away from poverty. Yes. And I that hit me. I, I felt like I was kicked by a horse into my heart. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And and you guys are in the day of today, you know, things are, can be tossed up in the air and who knows what's going to stick, you know? Exactly. And so just keeping these humble moments is what keeps me going. And it's always a reminder to me. I, I'll sit here in my office, you know, many things fall on my desk and I have to do them all because we each have succinct roles and churches united only has three employees i'm one of three and um <laughs> so the executive director he's the he's out there in the public you know meeting with um, fellow pastors meeting with the community meeting with um community members um government people for in all the cities he's that's his role so my role is here and I'm doing many hats. Mm -hmm. Pamela knows I I wear the finance hat. I'm wearing the hunger hat, um, hunger ministry hat. The I assist with the uh, Winnie's transitional housing hat. I mean, I've got my hands in multiple things. And I want to go back to something you said because I don't want us to miss it. Okay. About the gentleman, and it, it is a powerful illustration of. It's just like, it could be a woman. It could be anybody. Absolutely. But we're, we have the expectation that people need to look a certain way to be hungry. And mm -hmm. we don't, we don't, we haven't walked in their shoes and, and there's no judgment here when people are hungry or they're in need. Don't be mad at them because they have doctors on and khaki pants or whatever they may have. You have no clue what has happened in their life. And so that story is so powerful. And I just want to reiterate it because oftentimes we look at someone and we put them in a box and we judge them based on what we see when we haven't opened up the book and read the book. So right. thank you for telling that story because it is so powerful. And the other thing you said, and it's sometimes what I put at the end of my my uh, emails lift as you climb you have to as you said you help people ascend above you and and that's what we really need to be thinking about as women to help younger women to lift them up to help yes. them what we weren't taught because we know as baby boomers there's a lot of things that we weren't taught. And so it is our task to ensure that we inform or or put our arms around younger women and help them if they'll listen and even if they don't listen. So I just wanted to add those things in there. And yep. thank you for using those illustrations because they're very powerful. And very as well powerful. as the male, the male leaders, I mean, Reverend Grimes and the men of our of my church 
they are reaching out and embracing the young men mm-hmm. because they don't have anyone to guide them. And, you know, when I look at some of, you know, I mean, we all see it in the walks of life, you know, even I'm teaching a few of them, children having children. And I remember being, you know, growing up and having a great grandmother, a grandmother, and, you know, even my mom. And it's like, you know, now in this day and age, children aren't knowing who their grandparents are or have that wisdom that they used to bestow onto us, you know, and, you know, it's sad, but, you know, as we know, time changes. So it's all good. So anyway, um, so we we actually kind of navigate with that, with Mm -hmm. that said, and I'm sure that our parents thought when we came up, look at this, this generation and each generation has pros and cons and it's, it's, imperative that we reach back and try to bring somebody forward yeah instead of trying to knock them down it's like how can i be of service and sometimes in this generation they may not want to hear you but they are still listening Mm -hmm. don't underestimate your power of your words your kindness and your passion Mm -hmm. it is always there and you know you may not see it in that person. You may not be the one to be able to see the change, but they do hear. Words are powerful and our mm-hmm. actions need to be congruent with our words. So, okay. Even a smile right. is powerful because the other day, I mean, this totally floored me. And, you know, you see these sayings on Facebook or on signs or posters or whatever, but this this happening floored me and I it made me feel good though because it's like okay um you know you walk down the sidewalk or whatever I was walking across this parking lot and a gentleman was walking into the the store that I had just walked out of and I smiled at him you know and he stopped and he goes ma'am and I turned around and I said yes he goes thank you for that smile he says I needed that today and I'm like you're welcome. And I said, I hope you have a blessed day. And I'm like, wow. You know, so even just remember, even if you walk by somebody, just smile at them. You don't know if they may have needed that smile, (laughs) you know, to give them that little bit of hope or, you know, whatever. So thank you for saying that. That's powerful. It is. Instead of walking around looking grumpy, you can always find something to be grateful for in your life. You're walking. You don't have to be walking. You won't even go there. That's a totally different conversation. But I I want to um, ask you some other questions in terms of how did we arrive here on Passion and Purpose with Pamela? How how did we get here? Um, That's important to know. So um, I I want to ask you, you say, how did we get here? I think you know exactly what I'm going for. (laughs) It was that wonderful class that you offered after grant writing. And okay, I'm a Pamela Hardy guru, or not guru, um, um, groupie. That's what I mean, groupie. And she, after after the grant writing class, I was like, wow you know, and I was just filled and I was excited. And it's like, I'm still excited about writing grants. And now I'm teaching somebody else how to write grants. And so it's like, I'm passing it on. And so she came up with this passion and purpose class. I'm like, 
can I sign up for this? And of course, you know, she's like, well, of course you can. So it's like, as soon as she posted it, I signed up and I am so glad I did because this class taught me so many things. And you may think, you know, look at the um, contents or whatever. And it's like, well, this is all stuff I already know. No, you do not know. Because yes, you may look at the title and be like, well, yeah, I do this. And I, you know, yes, I show people, you know, emotion or whatever, or, you know, spend time with your spouse or whatever. Okay. Yes, we all do. But do you really? And so this class through Dr. Hardy opened my eyes along with a few of my other colleagues that I knew. And if I left that class like, wow. And the homework, oh my gosh, you have to do the homework. Um, I did the homework and my husband who, okay, you have to know Kurt. He is a very good father. He's a very good man. He's a great supporter and of his family and family is everything to him. But he's very non-emotional and he won't show emotion. So it's like, okay, fine. So a few of the assignments that was part of this passionate purpose class, it's like, oh, do I, do I not? Do I, uh, I was kind of, eh. so anyway, I was like, no, Betsy, you have to do the homework. So I did the homework and oh my gosh, it opened up doors with him. And now we are coming we're communicating even more. We are, you know, we hold hands walking across the grocery store parking lot to go grocery shopping together. <laughs> I, I, we're just enjoying each other. And it was all because of your class. And I remember the one night it was on hugging and I walked up to him. He was sitting there watching TV and I walked up to him and just gave him a big old long hug. And he's like, okay, what did I do? Um, um, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm okay. And he goes, I said, I just wanted to give you a hug just because, and he goes, and then he heard the class, you know, cause I was sitting in the other room listening to the class and I had my earbuds on and it popped out and he realized, he asked me after the class, he goes, are you in a class? And I said, yes, I am. And I told him all about it. And I said, do you want to listen in he goes no I'm good okay I kind of figured that but you know it opens up and Dr. Hardy shows you so many things that yes you know the surface stuff but you don't know down deep and that truly is life-changing and so yes I loved this class <laughs> and it was phenomenal and so I'm still doing my homework and so doing your homework. Well, the thing about it is, as I said earlier, Betsy is always committed. And then there were some other women who were committed and they might have known each other a little, but they really got to know each other. And, you know, sometimes you have to be a little vulnerable to be able to shift the way that you're thinking or, yeah, and, and a lot of the information is what a lot of us know, but as we know, as we are married, we have raised, uh, or in a relationship, we raise kids or we have a job, we're navigating so much. The small little things actually disappear. And I remember when um, 
before my son got married 25 years ago, I said to him, however you're treating her now is how you have to continue to treat her. If you're buying her diamonds and pearls now, you must continue to do that. And, and, and it's no different for the woman. I mean, we can, you know, we looked all nice every time our boyfriend was going to come when we were dating. And then you get married, you come in a raggedy duster and some broken down house shoes. Your hair is a mess. It's like when he gets home, well, I've been cooking. I understand. But first is you. Self-care first for yeah. you. And you fill yourself up and what you have left over, you give to everybody else. But if you're yeah. giving it out to everybody else, you don't have anything to give yourself. And then you look a hot mess and excuse me, or you're tired, you're exhausted, and you're wondering, why don't I have any joy? Well, you got to fill yourself up. You cannot give from an empty vessel. And then I'm going to say one thing and then I'm going to turn it back to Betsy. You know, when we fly on an airplane and they say, oh, if we, uh, the altitude and the mask comes down, what do they tell you? They say, put the mask on yourself first. Now, if the airline has enough sense to tell you to put the mask on yourself first, why do you think they do that? Well, if you're trying to struggle and put it on your kids, you pass out and they're saying, mommy, mommy, and you're passed out. So you put it on yourself. Then you go to your kids and you put it on them. There is no difference in life, ladies. No difference. That yes. we must fill our vessel up. And it is not selfish. It's self-care so that you can navigate and give everything to your family, your friends, your community. Okay, Betsy, go on. <laughs> I'm your next class. About <laughs> I'm ready for your next class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know I'll be there. <laughs> I know um, you will. You know, I know you will. You I have you know what, Betsy, awesome. I just finished a book and I'm waiting for that to be published. And and it is about it is, I'm gonna hold it up. This is the version, but it's a not for resale. I don't know if we can see it, but it is Unleashing the New You, a guide book and journal for women entering their power years. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited too. Um, it is coming wait. out and I will always, I am dedicated to women. I am dedicated to their growth. I'm dedicated to, and very, very passionate about it because again, it's left as you climb. I didn't go through everything I went through in life, not to turn around and give it back to someone. Right. So yep. go ahead, Betsy. Yep. And, and as uh, Dr. Hartley Dr. Hardy has eluded, you know, none of our lives has been, you know, smooth sailing and, you know, just glide along on the ice and, you know, okay, do this, this, and this. Oh, we're all good. Oh no. If you really get to know a person, you will discover they have very high mountains and very deep valleys. And they've all, we have all as women endured them. And whether it's pain, it doesn't matter what it is, sadness, grief, whatever, we've all have our stories. And when you find a friend and you truly, after you're filled, your cup is running over and you share. And even if it's somebody you don't know, I've done this too. And just be a listening ear, you know, and pull from that wisdom of what you've gone through 
and share it with that woman that you're sitting with right now, listening to her story, you're making a huge difference in that person's life, whether you know it or not. And it could mean the difference to them. And I mean, it could be even somebody who's on the brink of thinking of heaven forbid, like maybe suicide. And just you taking the time of listening and being that friend or being that listening ear will make the world of a difference. And I mean, you get so much more. I get, okay, I can only speak on me, but I know from my other two friends who attended the same class with me, um, we all have gotten more from your class than you think. And it's like, it's the underlying, it's the intrinsic other little nuggets that come and it comes to you after you've finished the class and you've done all the homework and everything. And it's like, oh, and it's like, that's what she meant. And it's like, so this nugget will come at you even after the fact. And it is, I mean, it's a powerful class. It is very, I would take it again. (laughs) Well, maybe um, I'll do something about that, like for the alumnus and put them together. Because personally, I really think that the course is so much better when you're taking it in a group that Mm -hmm. you can learn collectively together. But if you take it by yourself, it's great because I'm still going to come on on Wednesdays and be in the Zoom meeting. We're still going to have homework and assignments and things in the private Facebook group that only you can get in. And believe it or not, I had more men try to get in that group than women. And it was over 500 people tried to get it. And I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) This is a private group and only for the people taking the course. So, um, but there was something that you said and I wanted to reiterate it, but you know, sometimes if if I don't get it right at that moment, eh, it, it I've lost. You talking it. about my little nuggets that I get because it happened a few months ago. It's like Kurt and I were walking. I forgot where we were. We were somewhere else. Might have been out in Des Moines, and we took a weekend. And it was I'm trying to think of it, but it was like we just started talking about emotions which I told you, Kurt doesn't talk about emotions. (laughs) And it was just a very, we both felt it. It was just a very heartfelt conversation. That's what I mean by, it's been months, oh, almost nine Uh, months. It was, um, I think we did this in March. Okay, so about six months. February, February. Right, okay, so about six, seven months after the class. And it dawned on me sitting there having this conversation with him. And I'm like, that's what she meant. That's what, that's what I mean is like these little nuggets will come back <laughs> at you from the class. And it, it, it was just so cool because I think, I don't know. I just think that's really cool. But anyway, cause it's like, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh. And it's like, it's the knowledge that you keep learning, you know? It so, is yeah. so true. Thank you, yep. Betsy. Oh, wow. I, I, there was something you said, but I, I'm going to leave it alone. It may come back up. It may not, but there is so much to be said about being a woman and, uh, being present. It was about being present. And, um, 
your words, basically it, it is your words and being present because you never know who needs what you have to say. You can say things. Oh, I know what it was. I knew if I kept talking, it'd come back. When you said you don't know where someone is, they may be committing suicide or want to. Well, I had that actually happen to me at a university that I was teaching. And I was going over the syllabi and I was saying what we're going to do. And the student jumped up, ran out of the class. And I put my finger up to the class that I'll be back. And I ran after them. And um, I began, the, the student began to say, I can't do this. And I said, yes, you can. No, I can't do it. I said, yes, we can. I leave no man or woman behind. We will get through this together. I promise you. I just stick with me. We can do it together. So we came back in the class. Now, fast forward two years later, the student came up to me. They had me for another course and they said, can I speak with you? I said, well, sure. You can speak with me. Well, it might make you cry. And I was like, what is she going to say to me? I had no idea. So we went out, went in the hallway and she said, do you remember that day that I told you I couldn't do that? I said, yeah, I wanted to commit suicide and you stopped me. You were there. Okay. Now, as, as a faculty yeah. member, you had the, the wherewithal to go with them and say, I'll be here. We'll get through this together. Or you could say, well, maybe this isn't a good time for you. Maybe you want to come back wrong, wrong. be present with people. Yeah. You don't have to be a professor, but what you do have to be is present. You know, mm -hmm. not sitting, talking to people on your phone and doing whatever when someone is talking to you be mm -hmm. present with them because yeah. you may miss something that is so important that will be the changing their life, the dynamic that changed mm -hmm. their lives. And mm -hmm. so that's present with your spouse, your, your date, your boyfriend, be present because you can hear things you ordinarily wouldn't hear. So mm -hmm. thank you for bringing that up because it is a powerful mm -hmm. story. And, um, it changed my life. I just slid down the wall. I just started crying because I knew what my words meant. And they cemented, those words cemented into my life from that moment on. And if we haven't said anything that get, captures your attention, if nothing else, remember your words are powerful and to be present with whomever you're talking yeah. to, whether you like your boss or not, whether yeah. they're a jerk or not, still be present. You may learn something. So, yep. So, okay, little nuggets you take away. Now, let's see. Uh, we have some other, a, a few more questions, and we're going to wrap up. But I just sure. wanted to make sure that you are able to share your story. And if you had nuggets to give to any other woman out there, because this is everything, we're not excluding men, but this is everything women. If there was one thing you could share with, maybe a baby boomer or a Gen Xer or a millennial. I mean, what would it be? What would you share your most powerful story or words or quote? I don't I know. Would, you know, looking at the world today, you know, there is so much upheaval, sadness, you know, things 
there's just many, many things going on. There's too many to name. But, you know, and Dr. Hardy alluded to this, is, and there was a time where, you know, everything was just negative and it's like, oh my gosh, not this again and not this again and not this again. And it's like, I was in a, I was on the passenger side of the car and something just hit me and it's like, all right, Betsy, you have a choice. You either can keep going down this negative nanny road or you can find positives in every single thing that you come across or that you experience. Well, I chose the positive and I am so glad I did because I'm making changes to even my father-in-law, who is the most negative person on this earth. You know, he'll tell you that Dr. Hardy's shirt is white. No, dad, it's not. It is black. And, you know, that's how negative he is. But anyway, but there's always something. My, this is my advice to everybody. There's always something, no matter how bleak things may seem, there's always something positive in your life, in that moment, in your world, in your, you know, wherever you are, you know, even if you're just walking along somewhere, there's always something positive. You're walking along and you're just trying to get some air and just kind of think things through. Look around you. Are the birds chirping? Is the sun shining? Are the trees and the flowers blooming? Those are all positives. You know what? Start with the little things and find those positives and make a mental note that, oh, this is awesome. But, you know, if you always forget of what's around you, put your hand right here and feel that heart beating. That is the number one positive thing. Because you're, as long as your heart is still beating every single moment of the day and you're breathing in air, that's the positive. And you, you have to start with that. And like she said, you need to start with yourself. So you are the positive rod in this whole world of bleakness. And it's like, just go out there and shine your light. And there's people that, you know, I know Dr. Hardy's light is way better, brighter than mine, but it's like, you meet these people you meet these people who actually exude a light I mean I've been told that but it's like well thank you very much you know it's because I have a passion and I love what I do and you know that's what we just have to remember it's like yes I've raised my kids my kids I can't be more proud of them you know I've raised good kids they've never had a lick of trouble they're making great sound decisions. And, you know, I'll even tease Kurt. It's like, oh, I guess we did pretty good raising two kids, huh? And he goes, yeah. He says, we both had a hand in it. And I said, yes, we did. And, you know, and we are both very, very proud. You know, it's a positive, you know? So there's, just remember, put your hand right here. And as long as you feel that heart beating, you go, girl. We oh, all got this. <clears throat> uh, there's nothing at that point that I can add to that because that is powerful. Mm -hmm. And we just want to be able to <clears throat> thank, excuse me, thank Betsy for being here today and sharing her life with us because she could be doing anything else, just like you could be doing anything else. So we, we thank you, Betsy, for just 
giving us a glimmer of your gifts. And I just want to say this to everyone. We're all different. We all have a purpose. And the most important thing is, is that your gift will always say something to me. And we're not the same because couldn't the world be a boring place if we all had the same gift? Yeah. And so I'm just excited that I had the opportunity to meet Betsy and that we have been friends and it's truly been a blessed relationship. Yeah. And so I just want to thank you from the top, the bottom, the side, each side of my heart. You are a very passionate, dedicated woman. And yes, you are a beacon. And you don't hide your light under a bush. You spread it out for everyone to see. And you're so inclusive with your love and your generosity and your passion. So I just want to tell you, thank you for who you are and your purpose in life. And thank you for sharing your life and your classes and your knowledge with all of us. I mean, I hope we get to spread more of your classes to everyone because it is well worth it. And you are very knowledgeable. And I've learned, like I said, volumes from you. Thank so, you. and I'm looking forward to your new book coming out on November 1st. On November Amazon. 1st. I, I am <laughs> I am ready to buy it. No, no. And if you don't see it on November 1st, it might be second. I'm having a little okay. glitch and we're going to get that glitch resolved and I'm just going to stay on it. And that's go. just it. And so everyone, thank you so much for joining us. We thank you for Betsy and we'll look forward to seeing you in our next session. Thank you all for joining us today on Passion and Purpose. It's been wonderful to connect with you, and I hope you found our conversation as enlightening and inspiring as I have. A huge thanks to our guests who contributed to the discussion and shared their experiences and insights. Your stories are the heartbeat of this podcast, and it's a joy to explore our passions and purpose together. I'm Pamela, reminding you to live with passion and purpose. Until next time, take care and keep reaching for your dreams.